Just an old piece I wrote in university, that I polished a bit. Of Steam and Mirrors, Part 1 The air crackled with something like anticipation. A lone figure sat atop a metal structure roughly the size of a three-story building. This strange dwelling was tethered to a cliff and balanced upon four metal supports. These extended into the depths of the chasm below. This air dock was a way station and trading post for the airships and dirigibles that passed through the canyon. The young girl was trussed up in many layers and a pair of aviator goggles to battle the winds. A metal hatchway lifted behind her, revealing a pair of anxious brown eyes. The wind snatched away the shout. The hatch opened wider and a stale bun came sailing out of the hole, striking Ivy on the shoulder and bouncing off into the abyss. She turned around in annoyance. Seeing who it was, she sighed and reached down to flick a switch on the side of her boots. A sharp buzz and they clamped down. She could navigate the roof quite easily without the help of the electromagnetic souls but the wind was too strong to tempt fate. The boots disengaged and re-engaged as if she were treading on burnt treacle. She swung her legs into the trapdoor. Her sister, Alice, was reading on the lower bunk. Ivy slipped into the attic room, bolting the service hatch behind her. She jumped down from the misplaced dresser, refreshed. You're wanted in the kitchen. Alice didn't look up from the page she was reading. Ivy slipped off the magnetic soles from her work boots and slid the dresser back into place against the far wall. She removed the thick coat. She gave her appearance only a cursory glance, smoothing her hair and slipped on her apron. I will leave you to your tawdry romance. She received a glare from her sister. I wouldn't sully my hands with such tosh. This is literature concerning a woman's right to vote. I'd think you would appreciate that given your sense of freedom and disdain for heavy skirts. It doesn't mean that I would willingly wear those ridiculous pantaloons. I should like to be taken seriously before I make any political statements. Real social change must begin somewhere. The kitchen was busy as per usual. Miss, most emphatically not Mrs., Kane stood, one hand stirring a large pot, the other awkwardly rolling out pastry. She was thin and wiry. The cooking automaton, Madeline stood forlornly in the corner waiting to be told what to do. Miss Kane was incredibly suspicious of modern creations, especially the kind that could move independently. Ivy darted a glance at the wistful-looking creature. She almost felt sorry for it. Robert sat scraping a pair of boots in a chair near the fire. He grinned as she passed. Miss Kane huffed. So, you've turned up, have you? Fetch me some tea then. And don't go into one of your daydreams. Ivy simply smiled and scooped up the large teapot. She headed toward the dry store. It lay behind the pantry in a hidden cupboard. This meant that one could occasionally hear the conversations taking place in the lounge. As she was reaching for the hasp on tea chest, a low male voice drew her attention. You know, they are under suspicion for murder. She stilled but the voice grew quiet. She lifted her skirts to step over the heavy flour sacks. She pressed her ear against the thin partition in order to catch the rest of the conversation. Well I think it's shameful, such a fine lady. He'll drag her name through the mire before this is finished. True. True. Do you think the government will raise the price of air vehicle permits? Only, I can barely afford my yearly renewal as it is. Ivy snorted in disgust and then slapped her hand over her mouth. Merchants. She stepped away from the wall and took up the teapot again. She hadn't overheard anything interesting in months. Once in a while they played host to government officials, suffragettes or even pirates. 
Of course, they never directly admitted to being pirates. But everyone knew that Upman, the dockmaster ran a healthy black market fed by their ill-gotten gains. Mrs. Swanson, who ran the place when her husband, the professor went away, knew of it and profited from it. Ivy measured out a helping of leaves with a silver scoop. The smell of Earl Grey wafted over her as she disturbed the contents of the tea chest. Miss Kane raised an eyebrow at her delayed entrance but did nothing other than calmly assemble the tea tray. Ivy lifted the tray and carried it out. The traveler's lounge was a richly furnished and well-heated room. It was populated with velvet chaise lounges positioned around a great, open fire. There were currently five parties of varying sizes staying overnight as their ships were repaired, refueled and resupplied. Out of the current customers there were two which set themselves apart from the others. They were kind and polite but kept very much to themselves. They sat by the Christmas tree, tucked away in the furthest corner of the room. A lady and a gentleman. She was very fine-looking, with strong features. Her rich though modest attire matched her face and form. Her male companion was tall and a dandy from the looks of it. His hat, waistcoat and gloves were all a little too flamboyant for what was currently on trend. The pair seemed oddly familiar. The man spied her and waved her over. She set the tray down on the mahogany coffee table. They thanked her and she moved away. A thrill went through her. She had glimpsed two silver pins. One serving as a cufflink, the other as a discreet hair ornament. An engraved symbol of an L twisted over the shape of a loom. Neo, Luddites. This was a rare occurrence. Many of them believed that air travel was immoral, though a select few championed it as a type of technology that created rather than removed jobs from the workforce. It had been in the papers. There was a scandal of some sort in the society pages. She had not read it closely, she only knew the faces. They had been crude approximations but she could see the resemblance. At the time, she had flipped over to the details of some new invention of an up-and-coming scientist. Ambrose du Mécanique. It seemed a foolish thing to do now.